Well, a terrific Two Kingdom Tuesday to you. Stay with us. All right, Two Kingdom Tuesday, and um, I said that I would, well, I did do um, what I normally do on Two Kingdom Tuesday yesterday. So if you were tracking with that Escondido theology thing, let's say for argument's sake, you're this crazy ultimate nerd guy and you just love that whole Escondido theology thing. Great. I'm with you all the way, buddy. But that's on Monday for this week. And Two Kingdom Tuesday is a free slot for me to just give a little bit of a monologue on um, on some books I've been reading. I've, I've kind of been uh, hoping to get this out this uh, week because um, I've, it's, while it's so semi-fresh in my mind, really, uh, I suppose these are just book recommendations if you're into Two Kingdom theology. Um, let me quickly uh, open up Kindle so I get these titles right for you. Okay. Um, I read both. Well, actually, I'm halfway through the second one. But the first one is called Political Church by Jonathan Lehman. He's the Nine Marks guy. Um, and the subtitle, The Local Assembly. Um, I can't even read it. It's too small. One second. Um, there we go. Political Church, The Local Assembly as Embassy of Christ's Rule. Ooh, that sounds good, doesn't it? So that drew my interest because um, if you've ever read an article, one of, one of the articles that Jonathan Lehman did for Gospel Coalition um, uh, kind of got some traction at one point where he was talking about two ages rather than uh, two kingdoms. Now, that was actually a section from his book. Um, and if you just Google Jonathan Lehman, two ages, not two kingdoms, something like that. And um, it, it'll come up and you can actually read a little bit about this book or read about uh, this little snippet from the book. It's one, uh, not even the whole chapter, but just a little section that he goes into. I like that topic though. And um, it's something that I'm also interested in, hence the title of the podcast, um, To Age Sojourner, Not To Kingdom Sojourner. Um, because I think it does um, just <clears throat> unlock some of the categories and just get us thinking in uh, perhaps slightly more eschatological, um, biblical, theological terms, uh, rather than um, come out of a Lutheran tradition with its two kingdom formulations. And even the Reformed tradition, it's got a little bit muddled there. And and I'm just trying to get right out of that. And um, and so I really track, I, I resonate with a lot of what um, uh, Jonathan Lehman said in that article. Um, it, he didn't say as much, but he said, let's basically tap into our Vasian roots to overcome some of the some of the, the hiccups that we've seen in two kingdom theology. Now, um, there's that. And uh, hopefully I can circle back and talk about that. Um, but the other thing to say there is that um, while he doesn't look at that topic the whole way through the book, uh, the book is essentially just to it, it's almost like you get the feeling he's just he, he's basically a two kingdom guy at heart. Um, but he has some problems with two kingdom theology and, um, and wants to be honest and critique it well. Um, and so just also interesting just to see how, it, you know, if you have frame on one, uh, one, one hand at least and Klein on the other, as we were talking about yesterday, um, and frame kind of mediating for this, this or going for this mediated position, uh, you know, a lot of that would resonate with what Lehman's doing. And um, for example, he's just saying, listen, you know, we have to be careful um, in thinking about uh, 
two kingdoms as these rigid, separate things. Um, institutionally speaking, there's a lot of uh, the church, as he says, and this is a great point, and I agree with it 100%. He says the church is essentially political. Um, it does deal with politics. So we can't think of the church as just, you know, completely devoid of anything political. Um, it, the church is about a kingdom and another king. And um, I mean, these things are political at the core. Uh, I love the way he describes the church as an embassy uh, of, of Christ's rule. Think about what an embassy does. You know, it's not the country, but it represents the country. You know, it goes hand in hand with ambassadors and that sort of thing. Uh, you get a little taste of that country. And uh, there's a lot about an embassy, politically speaking, that is true of a church as it points us to the heavenly uh, kingdom. And, um, and so, uh, you know, he, he plays with all those concepts and he obviously knows his stuff. He's, uh, obviously gone very, very deeply into political theory. And, um, and it's just very interesting if any of that, um, in any way gets your attention, I think you'll love the book. Uh, and even if you really feel like you don't normally delve into those areas, well, uh, it's a great book to kind of get you up to speed on what's going on. It is a bit of a beast. Took, I think about 400 pages or so. Um, so, uh, there are times that you just have to slug through, but, uh, in general, it's very lucid, very readable, very helpful at every turn. Um, so I enjoyed it thoroughly. I would recommend it thoroughly. I don't land where he lands at every point, but one of the things he says in the article, if you did want to go and read that article on Gospel Coalition, is he says that, um, you know, you have to just be careful with Luther. He's coming at it from quite a, uh, quite a different angle to the way someone, let's say, from the Kleinian Vassian camp would, would come at the subject of two kingdoms. Uh, he highlights some of that. I think he summarizes a lot of Lutheran thinking or Luther's thought, which again is, is just helpful. Uh, he seems to have a handle on it and uh, provides for good, succinct summaries of what Luther's idea was, how it differs from what we might be going for if we're concerned more with eschatology. I think uh, one way he puts it is that you know uh, Luther's approach was um, synchronic. It, it sort of uh, looked at it almost like a really uh, a principled systematic theology. And uh, you have this in um, opposition to a more, let's say, Vassian diachronic biblical theology moving across, trying to look forward to the end of the age. Um, so all of those things um, are just brought to our attention. And what that does is it just allows us to see a little bit more of the complexity and nuance in, in each um, uh, kingdom, so to speak, although he actually argues for one kingdom, officially speaking, but he puts a lot of emphasis on uh, the idea of institutions uh, and um, and he wants to speak institutionally. He loves the idea of, of institutions and he makes a great case for it. And he essentially says, you know, when, when you have a uh, king with a kingdom, he might well... Um, offer a different level of or approach a certain realm in one way or a certain um, um, uh, area like he's going to he's going to be a father and uh, he's going to approach his fathering or family uh, in a certain way he's going to be a, um, a, a government leader or a, a, a polit a, a political leader and he's going to approach that a certain way he's going to um, you know have other leadership tasks uh, perhaps even with his own staff you know <laughs> uh, and he's going to approach that a certain way we don't we don't think of all those things as different kingdoms 
We think of those as different kind of government setups or institutions within one kingdom. And um, and he says, you know, perhaps there's a, that's a better way to approach it. We think of one king, one kingdom, and two ages. So I like that idea. I think it's always good to shake things up and just make sure we're thinking clearly on this stuff. Certainly, it, it's sort of as you shake it around, you realize a lot of Lutheran baggage falls out of it. And st- a lot of stuff, personally, I'm not interested in following Luther in. And um, and so I don't really uh, want all that baggage when I talk about two kingdoms. Um, I, I want to uh, think more in terms of what uh, Gerhardus Fast and Klein had in mind. Um, and so I see perhaps where uh, Van Drunen and those guys have gone, although I appreciate uh, the most of what they say, um, it, it does just end up in murky water in that you, you know, they want to claim a lot of the history and then you've, you're back into that scene again. Uh, all to say, uh, Political Church, go check it out if you do want to um, uh, get a little bit more up to speed on, on, um, on or, or not up to speed, but if you want to shake your categories a little bit as a firm two kingdom thinker, or perhaps if you're confused about it and you're feeling like you're not quite comfortable on where two kingdom stands, you're not quite comfortable on where a typical one kingdom Neo-Kyperian stands, well, he will provide an alternative um, and uh, get you thinking in fresh and creative ways there. So that's good. That's the one uh, book. The other one uh, that I've started to read is by Matthew Tuninger. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his surname. Uh, I know his name well. I just never really have to pronounce it. Um, Tuninger sounds about right. Um, forgive me, Matthew Tuninger, if I'm pronouncing it the wrong way. Um, but uh, this book is also great. What it's called... Um, is, let me just get there one second, also got a bit of a subtitle on it, Uh, there we go, Kelvin's Political Theology and the Public Engagement of the Church, and then uh, subtitle Christ's Two Kingdoms. Um, uh, Not quite as big of a read as uh, maybe half the size of the other book, um, quite meaty though. It's got a lot of uh, the history guys will love this one, obviously, because it goes right into Kelvin's stuff and um, and just his context and uh, the reformed um, thinking of the time uh, gives a great succinct summary of of uh, a lot of uh, the surrounding thinking. Um, but you know, just very lucid writing style again, and incredibly helpful. Uh, interestingly, he actually ends up. Uh, for the most part, really showing that Kelvin was a two-kingdom thinker, but really very similar to the way that Lehman has put forward in his political church. And then, uh, you know, I was just picking up on that, and then I actually saw that Matthew Tuninger actually wrote back um, to, or wrote another post, or responded to um, Lehman's article on Gospel Coalition um, by saying exactly what uh, I felt really encouraged by this because he said, uh, yeah, um, not two kingdoms, but uh, two ages. That's what that's what Lehman said. Yeah, that's that's true. That's exactly what Kelvin meant. Um, although he called it two kingdoms. <laughs> so we're back on the two kingdom thing. But uh, it was great to see that because uh, you read through tuning his book, you realize Kelvin was right on to that. And he did think of two kingdoms, but he thought about it eschatologically, not not so much in a Lutheran um, inner outer dualism and, um, and, and some of the complexity that that brought. He, he thought more of a, the kingdom of this world and the kingdom of Christ uh, that overlaps with the sage in a bifurcated way, but, but uh, ultimately is eschatological and looks forward to the kingdom that is to come. Um, and then he explains some of the complexity of Kelvin's thought in terms of its own um, 
particular culture, obviously we know there was much of it there was just so nestled within Christendom and and um, that obviously would have affected some of what Kelvin did. But interestingly, he talks about Kelvin's practical kind of uh, political theology or, or political praxis. I can't remember exactly how he words it, but he differentiates that from his theory, uh, political theory. Uh, which would come straight out of his theology, and and the basic argument is that you know he 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 realized he was working in a context had to make things work, and uh, and some of it would have been less than ideal. But when he theologized, um, you know he wasn't necessarily u- working within those constraints, and would quite easily put forward an ideal. And so, uh, in reading through Kelvin's. Uh, literature and even seeing what he did, you have to make sure to keep those things uh, somewhat apart. And so you're able through his um, theory, uh, well, yeah, not theory, but um, idealized theory uh, and theology, you're able to see um, what, what Kelvin would have wanted and um, what, what he saw as being ultimately biblical. And um, in that sense, uh, there was some pr- profound two, two kingdom thinking and the best kind of two kingdom thinking as well. Um, so again, very, very good book. Uh, absolutely loving it. Like I said, I'm only halfway uh, at, at this point, but I don't imagine it's going to go. Uh, if I think the best part is still coming. Actually, he starts relating it at the end uh, to to how it all should work practically today. And I got a feeling he's going to try and uh, go for a, similar, a very similar position to Lehman in that he's going, okay, two kingdoms, but just keep in mind that there is a lot of complexity and I'm really interested uh, interested to see how he wants to relate that um, to a contemporary situation uh, where he would want to challenge perhaps Van Drunen's more categorical approach. Um, all interesting to me precisely because uh, a lot of this flows out of Kleinian thought, Vassian thought, and um, it doesn't necessarily have to go the way of Van Drunen, which is, uh, I find... Um, kind of helpful um, in that, yes, Van Drunen has certainly taken uh, an approach and is leading uh, that that Reform to Kingdom project. Um, but, you know, what was interesting is seeing Michael Horton um, endorse, for example, uh, Jonathan Lehman's model. We're just saying, listen, we need to give this real thought. Michael Horton obviously being the other uh, Two Kingdom guy now pushing um, Kleinian thinking uh, at that level. So he likes what Jonathan Lehman had to say. And, um, I imagine he would like what, in fact, I think he did give the, the, the forward or some sort of endorsement to, uh, tuning his book as well. So, um, you know, Horton's year, uh, he's read both of these books and he seems to like them. (coughs) And, um, and so that means um, it's worth checking out, um, uh, you know, just to see if there are some nuances and subtleties um, in terms of what we need to take into account when we're thinking about the neo kyperian versus two kingdom debate. Both sides make good points and you don't want to just throw it away. Um, I think ultimately at heart, it's hard to shake that I am a two kingdom guy. I do like what Van Drunen says. I really do. Every time I read it, it feels refreshing to me. Um, but I, just because I am a certain kind of person and I like to nestle in a certain kind of way. And, uh, if I find something I could just lock down on it, I know it's healthy for me to always be reading, um, positions that are going to stretch me and, and get me uh, perhaps more nuanced on things. I've learned that about myself. Um, maybe you do 
uh, need to learn something like that too. It, uh, those kinds of lessons are learned uh, are best learned sooner than later. Um, but hopefully uh, that is of help to you. Two awesome books, truly. Wow, what a what a feast it has been reading through uh, these books. Um, what's coming for me is Unity and Continuity in Covenantal Thought by Andrew Woolsey. Uh, or yeah, Woolsey. Um, I'm really looking forward to that one. Um, and then, uh, well, actually. Before I go onto that one, I might go Luther and Kelvin on secular authority, um, the, and then Martin Luther's understanding of God's two kingdom, uh, William Wright, um, also a very important one. So I'll keep you updated there and hopefully find a slot to just kind of uh, throw some of that in and give you a little spiel about what that's about. Um, and any further thoughts I'll have, I'll just update you. Uh, this is really in the loop for Two Kingdom Tuesday. This is exactly the kind of thing we want to be thinking about, and um, and uh, just constantly recommending good books to uh, process a healthy two-kingdom theology. And maybe it's even better to call it a two-age theology. Hmm. Well, we definitely got the right name for the podcast. So there's that. Mm-hmm.